Welcome to the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, a podcast brought to you by BrianRHiggins.com. In today's episode, we're talking about message prep, taking the time to really understand the passage and getting yourself ready to teach it well. While there are all sorts of different things we need to talk about, about being in the moment and actually teaching and being in front of people, one of the things we really need to talk about is getting yourself to that point. So today's episode is going to go over some basic overview points about prepping your own messages. This is such an important topic and one that often people overlook when they think through what it means to be a Bible teacher. It's easy to think of teaching just as that thing that you do in front of other people and not see with it the hours of prep that it takes to get both a Bible study and yourself ready to share with other people. So this is a huge topic uh, that we're going to really touch on some major points just in overview form um, because there is so much to cover when it comes to message prep. We could be talking about this for days and days, but I'm going to try and keep it shorter than that for you guys. Um, Through this podcast, one of the things that I'm going to be assuming, since this is first time Bible teacher, I'm assuming that someone has picked the passage for you, that this is not something where you're just being told, hey, teach whatever you want, and you can do your thing from there. In most cases, when you're teaching the Bible for the first time, it's going to be in some kind of ministry, under someone else's authority, and you're going to be going along with whatever teaching plan they've put together. That's a great thing. I'm not trying to knock that at all. Maybe that's not your situation. Maybe what you're really hoping for is that I can talk a little bit more about how to pick what it is you want to teach. That will come later, but for right now, I'm talking about you've been given a passage, you need to figure out what to do with it, and maybe you're in that blank Word document, blank pages document, blank page on a moleskin notebook experience, and you have your Bible, and you have your coffee next to you, and you're not even sure what to write down first. That is where we're picking up today. That is uh, exactly the moment that I'm trying to talk about. So one of the first things to acknowledge is that everyone is going to have a different process. Um, There isn't one right way to prep a message, but there are some big principles regarding message prep um, that you should really be thinking through and are things that you should keep in mind. Um, the easiest way that I can think of, of trying to help is sharing my message prep technique. And one of the things that for the most part occurs in, you know, probably 90 some percent of my messages, this is the way that I'm working it through. There are some times where I have a different idea or a different thought, or just, I I can feel the train already moving in my brain and I just need to go with it. And, And that's a, a different rare thing. For the most part, this is the way that I try to attack a passage. So if I'm looking at one chapter in particular or a chunk of verses, whatever it is I've been given to teach, um, the very first thing I am going to do is read the passage to figure out its outline. I'm trying to break down, okay, verse 1 through 5 they form one major theme that I need to think about and really work through. Verses 6 through 8, they form another major theme that I'm going to need to think through. What are the groups of passage that all go together? What are the verse chunks that you need to look at as your major points? Uh, One of the 
great illustrations, I think, about teaching the Bible is that we are not cooks, we are waiters. We are trying to serve something that has already been prepared. When we look at scripture, it is already done. It's already prepared. It's already perfect. We're not trying to make the Bible into something worth listening to. The Bible is something worth listening to. So if we're going to teach it well, we want to just give what it says. And so when people start with, here's my idea about the text, here's my idea about a passage, here's my idea about blah, 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 you get so lost in all of that, you can miss what the text itself is trying to say. So for me, I begin with the text itself, and I really am just looking for what is its major outline. Sometimes you're going to find three easy points. Sometimes your text is going to walk through one point. Um, I think a great example in James chapter two, that's one just that I can think of offhand. When I taught the first 14 verses of that chapter, it's all covering one topic. It's all hitting on one idea. But verse one kind of acted as an announcement of here's what we're going to be talking about. Verses two through four, something like that, I want to say, gave an example of that topic in action. Verse five through seven was James giving his idea about what was really going on in that moment and so on and so forth. That's what I'm looking for when I first begin looking through a text. What is its main outline? If I have the outline right and if I've pulled together ideas the way that they really sit in scripture, I know that I'm not crafting my own thing as much as I'm just presenting what the Lord has already shown in his word. So that's step one for me. What is the outline of this text? Sometimes that comes through, um, sometimes that comes through just reading the passage a lot. Um, super on the cheap pro tip. If you don't have any kind of like commentary library, tons of commentaries are just chilling for you on Amazon. And if you're on your laptop and you click look inside the book, sometimes they'll give you the table of contents. And if commentary writers have been cool for you, they will show you what their verse outline is. So when I'm thinking through how do these passages work together, sometimes I'll look at what do four other people say about this? And sometimes there will be really clear consensus. Sometimes there will be some liberty. Either way, it does help me begin to think through how does the passage work together. Uh, so that way you can kind of pull from the work of a lot of commentators without having to buy a lot of commentaries because they're expensive and that's not fun. So first, main outline. That's where I'm headed first. Second place I go is my conclusion. Where is this ending? Where does the journey finish? Um, and when I'm talking about my conclusion, in part I'm talking about maybe there are illustrations that are in there, maybe there are some major themes that I'm, I'm thinking through or application points in particular. That's really what I'm trying to come up with. Where is it that I want this journey to end? What is it that the Lord is asking us to do? Perhaps in certain passages, there are just some clear calls to action that we need to take seriously. Uh, maybe as you're going through a passage, you're really thinking uh, the congregation that I'm going to be teaching in front of they need to just believe this. Well, then maybe your conclusion is just asking them to believe it and pleading with them and, and at times begging them. You have to see how important and wonderful and beautiful this point is. If that's where you need to go, then go for it and take no shame in, in really driving that conclusion hard, but know what you're pushing people towards. If you don't know where you're driving to, 
the greatest left and right turns along the way don't make any sense because there's no conclusion. There's no end of the journey. You know, when you buy an airline ticket, you don't just buy it for a particular skill of pilot. You buy it for a destination. And scripture is always written with some kind of destination in mind. There's a place it's supposed to bring us to. And so when you have that conclusion in mind, keeping in mind that all you've done before this point, or all that I've done, because this is my process, all I've done before this point is just lay out the outline. When I know where it lands, then when I go to fill back in that outline and talk about and write out notes of, okay, so what am I explaining? What definitions do I need to give? What concepts do I need to explain? If I have my conclusion in mind, if I know this is where this journey is supposed to end, because I have that, that conclusion is acting as the criteria by which things make it into the message or things get left out of the message. You know, one of the beautiful things about the Bible is we can talk about it forever and ever and ever. And unfortunately, one of the knocks on a lot of pastors is that they just drone on about the Bible forever and ever and ever. Good messages are not passing along everything you know about a scripture. They are bringing you to some kind of destination. They're bringing you to some kind of application. They're bringing you on a journey that lands somewhere. So once you have that conclusion, then you can go back and fill in your outline. It begins to show you, okay, well, these things work together to make that conclusion stronger. Or this point is here, it's in the text, but it doesn't seem to be the main point of the text. A lot of times where Bible teachers go wrong isn't that they just teach straight up heresy or they just jump into like, maybe there's four people in the Trinity. Like that's not really where people go wrong for the most part. For the most part, what happens is people focus in on one or two verses or one or two words, and they take away the conclusion that that whole passage is trying to give to you. So as you're filling in that outline and you're coming up with the meat, what are the main points I'm sharing? What are the illustrations I'm giving? What are the uh, things I'm defining? How am I laying out the case for my conclusion? That becomes the third part. So I have my main outline first, I have my conclusion second, and then I fill in my outline with all of the different little things that I'm saying along the way. And then finally, I come back to my introduction. Finally, I come back to, so how am I going to introduce all of this? You know, this is something that I remember learning as, you know, both in high school and even having it brought up again as an English major in college, just writing tons of papers, I was always told you can't introduce something if you don't know where it's going. You can't introduce something where you don't have the conclusion for it. So they would always teach me in research papers, write the body of your paper first, then you know what you're actually saying, then you will know how to introduce it. The same works with your messages. Once you have the body of your message, then you can accurately introduce it. Otherwise, you end up coming up with just some crazy illustration, and then it links to a part of your message or a little piece or a little idea that you bring up later, but it doesn't actually or accurately, that's the two words that I mixed up, it doesn't actually or accurately describe where it is your message is going. So once you have that body, then you can start working your way uh, to that illustration. How are you going to make people want to listen to it? care about the things you're talking about. You can only know that once you know what you're talking about. So from the huge overview level, 
that is my process in message prep. I begin with that main outline. I write out the main parts of my conclusion next. I fill in that outline third, and that's where I start breaking main points into sub points and filling in those little pieces along the way. And then once I have all that down, then I go back to my introduction. How am I going to introduce all this in a way that people care about? Most of the time, when I'm doing my introduction, that's also when I start looking over my message and saying, where do the illustrations fit? Um, where can I start highlighting different things along the way? What's a big point that you need to be able to see in action and how can I illustrate that point well? Normally that comes towards the end. Um, so that's kind of the way that my process works. How your process works Maybe exactly like that. It For me, mine is a lot of writing. Maybe yours is a lot of other things, and that's totally fine. You need to work the way that you feel best working. Um, so because of that, I want to kind of outline some bigger principles about message prep in general that I've heard from a bunch of different people along the way. Um, one style of outlining or style of message prep that I've heard a lot of people talk through. One of the people in particular that I've heard uh, talking through this is a guy named Nate Holdrich. He's a pastor out in Monterey, California. Um, he has a great booming voice and is just an awesome teacher of God's word. At a conference I was at recently, he talked about his message prep style, and he said he reads himself full, he writes himself empty, then he reads himself full again, and he writes himself empty again. That's just kind of the easy way to remember his process. Read yourself full, write yourself empty, read yourself full again, and write yourself empty again. Those four pieces are really simple. First, when he talks about reading yourself full, he's talking about just reading your passage again and again and again until you are full of your passage, until it is just rich and vibrant in your heart and in your mind. You want to be so deeply familiar with that passage, and that only comes through reading. It comes through reading it again and again and again. A great technique that I love doing uh, when I'm really giving the time for that intro reading portion is reading in multiple translations so that I don't just uh, teach one little word that happens to be in the NLT translation that isn't in the ESV or isn't in uh, one of the other translations, you know, just so that I know that what I'm teaching is at the heart of the text and not at the side of the text. So he reads himself full, then he writes himself empty. He begins outlining, he begins getting out all of his thoughts that he can uh, about that passage just from his reading. Then he'll read himself full again, and that's when he starts to turn to commentaries and other authors or listening to somebody else's message on that particular passage in part, that is to make sure that he's not stealing from anybody else, but in part, that's to make sure that he gives the word of God time to work into his own heart before he starts to rely on other people. And that's a great principle to be thinking about when you do your own message prep. Maybe you need someone else's thoughts to get your thoughts going, depending on just who you are. In general, this is a principle a lot of people uh, would pass along and has worked well for many. And then finally, he writes himself empty again. With all of those ideas in mind, with all of those thoughts from other people, sometimes they correct his thoughts from before. I know that for me, a lot of times when I'm looking over at commentaries, they're correcting wrong thoughts that I have about a passage. That's a great thing to do, but try to save it for the end and then write yourself empty again. A second principle that I would want to bring up is don't aim 
for the flashy illustration in your teaching and in your prep. Aim for the meat first. Aim for the structure. Aim for the just heart of the passage. Don't look first for the big illustration that's sweeping and emotional and that ends your message and that people walk away with and they go, wow, remember that story that that one preacher told? Preachers, sometimes it's great when we use stories. It's helpful. It's encouraging. People can remember stories in certain ways that uh, are truly wonderful. However, they are not all that a teacher should be doing. So you want to make sure first that your focus is the passage itself, not some other illustration you can use. And then third, give yourself time to let the passage soak into your own life. Regardless of what your prep style is, if you're starting the day before you teach, you're probably wrong. Just regardless of what your prep style is. Maybe you're able to just do stuff really quick and you're able to work really well and and all that different stuff. You need to give yourself time to live your passage. Remember, we're trying to make spiritual formation happen. If you are not being spiritually formed by your passage, then you're not going to be able to help other people walk through that process. You need to watch the word change your heart before you can bring it to other people so that it can change their hearts. So give yourself time. Let that passage really soak into your life and don't rush that process at all. I want to end on just a few practical tips uh, that have really helped me in my message prep uh, and, and in preparing messages that have brought about change in people's hearts and lives. The first is give yourself chunks of time to work on a passage and chunks of time to rest with a passage. So I like to begin my message prep multiple days before. If I can, I want to give myself at least a week before I'm teaching to begin that prep time so that instead of trying to work for 15-minute intervals, I'll try to work on a message for hour intervals or two-hour intervals. But then I also want to be able to have enough time to give myself a day or two to just let some thoughts go and give myself just some time to let that word almost bake in my life and bake in my mind so that it really becomes uh, a big part of what I'm talking about and it becomes something that comes from within and not just something that stays from without. Another practical tip I'll give is bounce ideas off of people. One of the weird things about teaching is so much prep work is done in writing and in reading, and yet all teaching is done through speaking and through being a living example in front of different people. So don't do all of your prep in just writing. If there's a passage you're reading about that you're getting ready to teach, start talking to people about it. Bring it up with your friends. One of the things that may be really helpful for you, which will make you feel crazy at first, is when you're driving in your car, just start talking about the passage out loud. Have three or four verses that you want to think about and start talking about it. Just get ideas out out loud. Sometimes by talking it through, you start catching little things. You're like, ooh, that'd be good to say. That'd be really helpful. And it helps you process the passage differently than writing or reading would help you process that passage. So maybe you need to have some creative ideas that get you going in that regard. Last, there are all sorts of great resources you can look to, but ultimately, don't copy someone else's message. Just really wait for the Lord to show you the thing that you need to say. You know, people aren't just looking for the best message. They're looking for someone who can live the message. 
And as Bible teachers, we want to be people that live the message of God that we are ready to share. We believe that we are called to be examples. And so you have to really be able to mean what you say. You have to really be able to let that word soak into your heart so that you can share it in a rich and profound way with the people around you. So give yourself that time. Be the unique teacher that God has called you to be. And don't be afraid. Preach from faith. See what the Lord might do through different preaching techniques and through different prep techniques. And when you bring all that together and you submit it to the Lord, God loves to honor the teaching of his word. Give him that chance and see what might happen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please pass this along to your friends and family, maybe with churches in your area. Hopefully this is something that uh, youth leaders and church groups can use to raise up aspiring teachers. You can always find out more about this at the website, brianrhiggins.com. And in the meantime, you could subscribe on iTunes or you could leave a review, anything that helps us get the word out. See you next time.